Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Wednesday, everybody. White on time. Blue Dabs, first one in the chat. Luke Stuckmar, Cody Del Mendo, and Ryan Herrera as we talk more about the Cubs. And, geez, look, you realize that pitchers and catchers report in less than a month now. Yep. Isn't it a beautiful thing? I mean, that's getting close. Yeah. The offseason's almost over. I'm getting kind of antsy, I'm not going to lie. You're getting like, a little anxious? Getting a little antsy. Getting, getting, like, I've kind of been ready. After Bef- the- before, before I knew I was going to be sitting in this studio doing this show with you guys last year, I was not nearly as excited <laughs> about the 2022 season as I am about the 2023 season. And the only reason I got up for the 2022 season was because – Someone DM'd me and asked me, hey, do you want to do a Cubs podcast and do it live in studio in the West Loop uh, five days a week with Luke Stuckmeyer and Ryan Herrera? And I was like, okay, I can get up for this season. So And yeah. we'll pay you. <laughs> yeah, and we'll yeah. pay you. <laughs> That's the best part. But as a fan, I definitely am a lot more excited about this team this season compared to last. So. I'm excited about the change in attitude of Blue Dabs 420. Uh, the positivity is there today. He's, mm-hmm. uh, he's excited to be Del here. Punctual. We're on time. He says showtime, and he's calling Cody, Cody Del Punctual. <laughs> Everything's turned around. Yeah. See, we, one Cubs convention and one mm. extra Mancini signing has turned the positive positivity on for the Cubs shout fan out, base. Shout out All to Pitch. Mancini. Shout out to Pitch and Catch Podcast. I came across one of their TikToks and the guy who, who the guy who does the podcast he was wearing a Cubs hat he was wearing it backwards and uh-huh. it was like that it was like that 70s pinstripe blue uh color the jersey it was like yeah, that yeah. kind of color yeah. hat and I, I commented on it last night and was like we need to see the front of this hat because I was in, intrigued right and he commented back saying Cody I love the CSGO Cubs podcast and uh it felt cool there we go. Felt cool for a second. So glad, glad shout to out to him in the chat right now. Glad Thanks to have the Pitch in, and Catch man. podcast on right now. Good luck to your podcast as well. Yeah. Uh, Tom Green says, hi there, guys. Let's talk about mostly defense today, right? Like, there's a lot of different topics we're going to hit. We're going to bring you some more clips of interviews um, from Cubs convention. We're going to br- including one from Cody where he became a man of the people. <laughs> he took over oh, Cubs man. convention. He was the Bob Barker, if you will. Uh, it was like his own beer money almost. He, he took over. He hit Cubs convention. He had a little tiny microphone, and he, he hit a lot of hard-hitting questions. We need a little microphone but with a little thing on it that has, like, the logo, the CHO logo on it. We need one of those. You need the skinny Bob Barker microphone, the, yeah. the, the tiny, long, like. Yeah. Michael Bowling was walking around Cubs convention with something similar, except it had, like, the Cubs logo on it. Uh-huh. Whatever you call those types of microphones. I was like, we need one of those, except for this says CHGO on it. That would be nice. Yeah. It would be nice. Um, so, anyways, we're going we're gonna to play that as well, uh, his TikTok video from Cubs Convention, which was fun. Uh, but, you know, I think one question we can look at this offseason is just we know they're better at defense, right? Like, on paper, this team will be much better defensively than it was last year. I think back to, not to pick on VR, but I think of just – errors right like you could think of error after error in, that came last year and you're like wow this team could be a lot better defensively they've done that part of it's the rule changes part of it was a game plan part of it just happened um but I guess the bigger question is how far can good defense 
really carry you? How much can good defense overcome other inefficiencies that this team might have offensively? Do you think they could be the best defense in baseball, Ryan? I think they're trending up defensively. Um, I know there's definitely still questions at multiple spots, like third base um, is still kind of a, a question mark. and It's a big question mark, honestly. I mean, catcher feels good as far as, like, the, the soft factors and tangibles. Um, it, it's hard to measure a lot of other things with catching um, than, than it is with just regular uh, or other positions. Um, first base seems to be trending up, but, I mean, Hosmer's not the gold glove first base when he was. Um, Trey Mancini isn't a gold glove caliber first at probably at this point. Uh, Mervis, if he does come up, like, he's also um, not seen as, like, a great first baseman uh, defensively. So, um, those are both those corner spots are kind of questions at this point. But then you got Nico and Dansby at second and short. And I know on my predictions I made a couple weeks back that both those guys will make will win gold gloves. You know, kind of bold, but definitely possible. Um, Ian Hab coming off a gold glove and left. Cody Bellinger potentially could be uh, you know a very good defender if not gold glove caliber um, in center field because he's still relatively young considering mm-hmm. how <laughs> how long he's been in the league. And then Seiya was a, a multiple-time gold glover in Japan, which is a little different, and, and right field at Wrigley Field is a lot tougher to play. But uh, just looking at that starting lineup, there's a lot of really good defenders throughout, like, you know, throughout the field. Um, so as far as you know, where the top defensive teams go, I could see the Cubs definitely moving into you know somewhere near the top because they have, if if not current goal glovers, former goal glovers, or just guys that know how to play defense well, even if they're not goal glove caliber, and I've, that's going to go a long way towards just you know we this whole focus on defense this offseason as it kind of played out, we started to kind of understand like that's you know that's where Jed and Carter, that's where the Cubs are going, um, and you could see that they've they've put a lot of good. Um, defensive players are on the field, and I think that's just overall is going to help this team a lot. It's combined nine gold gloves, not all just at one position, right? Like mm-hmm. when you had Ryan Sandberg, you had this pile of gold gloves, but did you have the gold gloves around yeah. him? Not necessarily. Now you've got them kind of spread around the field. So, you know, you mentioned the defense at first and third base and how it's obviously a question. And it reminds me of this story from Andy Martinez I wrote over the weekend related to Nick Magical playing third base. And this, what I'm about to say has nothing to do with Nick Magical playing third base. But what I'm – the point is, is he mentions how when they had Javi Baez, sometimes, depending on who the pitcher was for the Cubs, if the lineup would have a heavy right-handed lineup, they'd put Baez at third sometimes. And this is more in like 2017, 2018, mm-hmm. I want to say, when they did this. So if they had a pull-heavy side on the right side, they'd put him at third base – uh, sometimes to put Chris Bryant in the outfield. And with the questions that the Cubs have at third base right now, I'm intrigued to see how they mm. do that, and maybe that might be the only reason that they would even play Madrigal at third base like if we're saying on if some days. A heavy lefty lineup that's going to pull the ball to you're the right side. You're not going to see much action. What you mean? Like a, if oh, it's a, heavy, he- a heavy righty lineup. If you say you got a lefty on the mound and you got a, he- uh, a heavy righty lineup, that means more pulled balls to the to the left side towards Swanson or third base. I are you, oh, are you talking he, about magical at second or magical at third? Magical at third or just anyone. I at think third. if you're going third, you'd want a lefty heavy lineup because they're going to be pulling. That's what I was thinking. Most balls towards the right side, and any balls that kind of go left are going to be softer hit, easier for him as far as range. 
maybe a little more time to get a throw off uh, without or, him having to die late in the game. Right? I, I think or maybe I think I'm confusing you, myself. I think you are because that that would be that would make more sense to me if you're playing third base. If you put him at third in a lineup where most mm-hmm. of the balls are going to be pulled to Nico's side, to the right yeah. side, where you're you can have him out there, you can have his bat in the lineup, but you're also the risk of every ball getting hit at him is going to be less so just because they're all lefties probably going to pull the ball more often than not. I think that's, I guess I agree, but either way your point is taken. Like I didn't know that about hobby. Like that's why they would put him at third and they would put Brian in the outfield because you wanted to have a stronger third baseman, someone that would be more likely to make the plays. And in this case, it might be the opposite. Maybe you can hide the weaker defensive player but when you're seeing players pull it the other direction, I don't know. I I, I, I think, think it's, it's fascinating. interesting because again, they don't have like a everyday third baseman. Like I would say, Wisdom will probably be starting there opening day. Um, but we've talked about Morrell. We've talked about McKinstry. We'll see if McKinstry's still on the team come opening day, right? But you know, I I just I I think that who's playing third and first base every day is really not only going to be based upon matchups for the pitcher, but also how they want to align defense. Um, Because we know Swanson and and Nico are going to be out there every single day. So, Well, I think, you know, when you talk about nine gold gloves, I just don't think there's going to be too many teams that can say that they have nine gold gloves spread out at, let's see, what different positions you have. Short, short, left, center, catcher, and first, right at five different positions. Um, Doesn't Barnhart have one too? Yeah, I say catcher. Yeah. Oh, do you did say I catcher? Think so. Um, anyways, but that that's pretty. Uh, that's a pretty diverse defensive team. <laughs> Ian Happ was asked about the Cubs' focus on defense and how that seems to have, de- you know, sort of developed in the off season. Uh, this is what he had to say at Cubs convention to reporters. Yeah, I think that's something that's been talked about a lot. I and I think that with the new rules, it's something that is definitely. Kind of top of mind. People are people are wondering how the shift rules um, and the pace of play is going to affect that, and I think the defense is going to be a big, big part of it. And um, Jaden Carter done a good job of getting ahead of that. Um, and I think it's exciting. You know, Paz has a bunch of them. Obviously, you got Barnhart, um, Dansby, and I. Uh, and Nico's right there in Belly. And so to to have that solid group that's done it at this level and, and at the big leagues, been at a high level in the big leagues. Um, it's super exciting. It's something that those teams in 15, 16, 17, 18, they were built on that. You know, the guys banged. Like there were some, there were some weapons there. But I mean, playing great defense was so much fun with that group. And I think that you're going to see a lot of that this year. Um, and a lot of energy out there for um, some really good defensive plays. So I don't know if that's you know the defense is enough to carry the team to a division title, but I do think it's good for one thing. It's for sanity of the fans. Because there is nothing more frustrating. Like, it, it's enjoyable to see home runs and stuff, but there's nothing that ticks off a fan base more than the booted ball, the dropped ball, the throw that goes into the stands, uh, kind of goes all over the place. You mentioned um, Hosmer, and I would agree that he's not the necessarily, at this stage of his life, the gold glove first baseman yeah. that he was before. But I do think it's a position where – Defense can age very well, right? Like it's yeah. not like it's not like saying he needs to be the same shortstop or as you watch Jason Hayward still be a good outfielder, he wasn't necessarily the outfielder that was winning gold gloves before because of the range for one. Um, so I think Hosmer can definitely benefit 
whoever is over at third base. Like if it's if it's Morrell, uh, he we've said would benefit from being at third base more often than bouncing all over the place. If it's if it's Patrick Wisdom, we've actually seen some good defense out of Patrick Wisdom. It's just seemed like last year it got off the rails for a mm-hmm. little bit. But I think there is potential for him to be a pretty good third baseman. Well, we saw him, uh, Wisdom, uh, 2021. Yeah. Was His defense pretty, in 2021 was good. Was, was good. good. It, like, the, the, uh, you know, the strong arm, but on-point throws, was making most of the plays, like even charging in, whatever. And then, yeah, things went, a little, went off the rails a little bit in 2022. But knowing that he had a pretty good defensive season in 2021, you kind of look at it like, was 2022 the outlier, and he's actually a good defender at third base, and he could be, you know, a, a useful player there. Or was 2021 the outlier, and now we're just kind of seeing what he truly is. I, that's that's one of the parts that I'm curious to see in 2022, yeah. as far as can wisdom prove he's actually a really good defender at the hot corner, or is he going to be uh, I'm a, also, a below average defender there? I'm also intrigued just to see how he plays because I don't remember who I heard talking about this, but. When Wisdom's surrounded by other good players, you can see the value that he brings. And last year, he was kind of like, he was their main power threat. And now you've got some guys in there that are at least better than what the Cubs had in the lineup last year. So if he can bring that defense back from 2021 and continue to cut down on that strikeout rate, which comparably to 2021, he did improve on last season. No matter how many times y'all want to yell about his strikeouts in the chat, he did improve on it. Um... So if, if he if he can do those two things, then maybe by midseason we're not really complaining about third base as as much as you think we might be. You know what I mean? But again, that's a big if. And you know, he, if he wants to if he wants to be part of this organization moving forward, like in a with like in a in a bigger role, then like he's just gonna have to do that. That's you know, I I don't see the Cubs cutting ties with him anytime soon. Unless things get just completely drop off, but or or it comes you know. down to roster spots, but he yeah. provides power that they desperately lack on paper, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I've seen some talk about um, some guys talking about Hap and at second base, and when we talked to him on the podcast uh, before the holidays, you know, he even mentioned that it was difficult to move around to different positions, and and once he got put strictly in left field, he was really able to hone his skills in left field and become a gold glover in left field. I don't think you're ever going to see Ian Happ go back to second base. No. I, don't, I think they have enough guys that can play infield second base um, that they would not – I think you'd see Ian Happ DH before you'd see him go back to second he, base. But, what, but why when you have him playing gold glove level mm-hmm. – Left field, like who else is going to do that in left field? For and he you? openly said that being able to play one position really yeah. helped him. Yeah. So well, and and just uh, there's no, and, and then this goes to him having potentially moved back to center field this year. I've seen like I've seen the whole you can move half to second base when Brennan Davis comes up. Like it was just all kind of don't fix something that's not broken. He had a great year in left field, and if he's potentially part of the rest you know this this future next great cubs team is just don't like leave him at left leave him in left field that, that was a position he, he broke out at just don't fix what's not broken let him do that let him you see if he can add another gold glove this year like it, it's just all these other the, the, these tinkering the roster to try to I don't, I don't even know why it's just 
he had an awesome year at left field. Let's just leave it at that and let him keep doing that. Remember the video we played already this week of Mark Grace telling the story about Sean yeah. Dunstan when he came up and uh, when oh, he yeah. first came up, he would <laughs> he would chuck it all the way to Addison and he was like, "Listen, man, the only way I can help you is if you put it if you put it in the dirt, I can pick it." And that's another thing that popped in my mind about whoever is going to play third base for the Cubs. Hosmer can still pick it. When you get old, you can still pick it, yeah. right? Like you might not have the range to dive and get a ball down the line or dive and get a ball that's deep deep towards the grass, but you'll still have that ability to go pick a ball. So the throw, some of the throws that were errant throws from third base last year, you hope improve because, A, the guy worked on it in the offseason. B, he's playing the position more. C, he's more focused on it this year. And D, you got a better first baseman over there a lot of times. Mm-hmm. That, that's the hope. Now, we, yeah. again, you mentioned Mervis. We just don't know if he comes up. Will Mervis do DH time? We'll, we'll see. But I think defensively, they're a better team. And then part of the other reason that you see the Cubs focusing on defense clearly is rule changes. Now, you're going to have an, a pitching staff that, again, pitches to contact a lot. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to be more flexible defensively. You're going to have to be better defensively because you can't just – pile everybody over on the right side if, if it's a pole hitter on that side of the field. Here was Jed Hoyer talking about the new rules and the way he thinks they may impact the Cubs this season. Yeah, I mean, certainly. I mean, I do think that we, we make a big deal about these rules and, like, we're just turning back the clock all of, like, six years. You know, I mean, I do think that uh, this is how we play baseball forever other than against, like, you know, Giambi and Ortiz. So uh, I do feel like this is kind of normal, but it is. It's true. Like, you have to have real athleticism. And I think we have that in the middle. Uh, we'll turn a lot of double plays. We'll make a lot of plays. And, um, you know, certainly I think there are teams out there that will be disadvantaged with that. Um, and also offensively, I do think we have, uh, hopefully have some hitters that will benefit from, from that as well. So, uh, I mean, listen, we had a couple guys like Rizzo and Schwarber in the past that really would, would benefit from, from those rules and will benefit from those rules. But, um, I mean, left-handed hitter has sort of been disadvantaged for quite a while. I mean, with the shift rules, they hit with a different strike zone. Um, it, it's, uh, it's been on, a little bit unfair, and I think we need to get, as a, as a sport, the left-handed hitter uh, deserves a few advantages now. Uh, the first thing that I chuckled about while watching that was that he mentions the fact that how much better this is going to be for Kyle Schwarber, and I just want to, you know, like, yes, I know, and he walked away. But that's, a, <laughs> that's another story, another podcast. Uh, and for, yes, the fish slayers asking, is this water in a Starbucks cup? I had tea in it. This is this is white tea, obviously. No, no, it's water, man. I just refilled the cup. I'm using the same cup. Save the planet. It's just not all vodka. There, there was iced tea in it. Now it's just water. No, I'm not drinking. <laughs> it's true. We don't have the we don't have a vodka deal at the moment. At one forty. Shout out on to Goose Wednesday. Island, though. You know, we like them. Um, anyways, I, I don't know if the rule changes are going to have as big an impact on the game as maybe we think they are, but. I don't think it's ever a bad idea to be better defensively. Yeah. Especially if that's an area where you look at the market and say, well, we're not going to be able to add this, but we can still improve our team exponentially this way and this way. I am intrigued to see how teams, like, situationally, how they play things. Because for years and years, so many people always complained about Schwarber and how he wouldn't just lay down a bunt down the third base line, (laughs) uh, you know, if – 
you know, the Cubs had two outs and a runner on yeah. and you're trying to get a guy in a scoring position or something like that. That's not even that great of an example, but just the amount of time so many people complained about that. And now with the shift being gone, uh, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how teams do things situationally because I think it, it could go back to a little old school. It, it could for sure. By the way, is this a shot? Joel saying I look like a peached iced tea kind of guy. First of all, peach iced tea is delicious, but Sounds I don't good. go with the sweetened teas anymore because I haven't had a sweet in 17 days. 17 days? Only huh? AG1. 17 days. I had a do-right donut yesterday. So. Oh, what a slap in the face that is. Adam and I Why would you even that. say that? Now it's in my head. <laughs> I even went to the one right here in the West Loop. Ah. Uh, anyways. Uh, <laughs> so one of the ways we know that the Cubs got better defensively is by taking a guy who was – Good enough to win the gold glove last year, Nico Horner, which was one of the great surprises and pleasant surprises of last season, right? We didn't know what to expect from him at short. People didn't think he'd have the arm. He did have the arm, and if it wasn't for Dansby Swanson, he might have won the gold glove. Dansby Swanson comes in. Nico says, I'll move to second, where you know he could also win a gold glove at second base because he's played at second before. Uh, We have Nico Horner talking about his move to second base at Cubs convention via Ryan Herrera. Yeah, and that's a, a big part of it, too, is just coming into this season. I think the game is emphasizing athleticism um, as much as we've had in, for, a, for a long time. And so getting to play second base on without three people on that side of the field, and it's going to make for some harder plays, I think. I think it's going to be a lot of value with that position and um, excited to do it. Yeah, excited to see what that looks like. Did you literally, whatever you were working on for shortstop, change that when they signed him to work on second base? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely had been continuing to prepare at shortstop, but it's not, it's really not all that different for me. I think um, trust most shortstops in baseball to play second base at a pretty high level if they were asked to, and uh, still still being ready to play shortstop because I think if you're able to do that, you can do most things on the field, and so keeping that mentality, but obviously focusing now on the details of second base, the turns, the feeds, and it's a different side of the field, so... Uh, but I think being on that side of the field for the shift last year, it'll make it a little more seamless. And we have a super chat coming super out of that, chat. huh? Wow. Bear Forever 14 with a <laughs> 20. 20 bucks. Well, look at that. Them, so they sent Whoa. us to London. Somebody Woo. had a good holiday season. Seriously. Somebody yeah. got a, a holiday bonus at the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, curious what your expectations were going into the 2016 World Series season. Did you realistically believe they were a World Series <laughs> contender before <laughs> that season started? I did. I did, yeah, too. I did 100%. for sure. 2015, you were like, was, they made it all the way to yeah, the NLCS, yeah. and it was a young team where you were like, yeah. they've they've got it. I think that's the thing is, like, until that, like, because that was, what, in August when they swept that four games against the Giants mm-hmm. in 15 mm-hmm. and then went on that run to the NLCS. If that didn't happen, if they maybe snuck into the wild card, right. weren't that good, like, whatever, if that didn't happen, probably would, I mean, I would have known they were contenders. I would not have thought of them as, like, legit World Series favorites had that. 2015 last two three months not happened but as soon as it did you were like all these guys are rookies and they're awesome like you knew Mm -hmm. that there was there was there was a really good shot in 2016 going into 2015 that offseason I wouldn't have said 2016 they might win the World Series I just would have thought they were going to be good kind of like where we're at now I think it was looking at 2017 was like 2017 everyone thought 2016 was going to be what happened in 2015 right but once (laughs) that team got in the postseason and then beat the Cardinals you were like huh and then when they got to the NLCS, it was... I just remember spring training that year. There was a lot of 
Cubs had a lot of hype. ESPN was all over them, and there was a lot of videos of the, the guys just, like, hanging out, dancing and all that. And, man, did I have keep a lot of receipts of people saying that this isn't how the, the way – Baseball should be played, or some shit like that, from Cardinal fans. So uh, it's not the Cardinals one of, way. One of one of the more pettier things I've ever done, but <laughs> it, and it actually ended well for me. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, who just said? Yeah, Nico busting out the Spock turtleneck is pimp. Do you ever think yeah. I'd say that on this Did podcast? You, I know, I pimp. Know. That picture, that screen grab of Nico and Swanson next to each other from the Friday night ceremonies yeah. uh-huh. blew up on our Twitter account because. Those guys, they got the hair and they dress well. They dress well that yeah, way. We knew, we knew so does Brandon. Bellinger too, right? Yeah, Bellinger. They Brandon all dressed like well, honestly. But, um, but about what Nico said on the video. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> no, I mean that's the super check out. It's a little off, yeah. off track. Um, I think they all realize just with the sh- the, the rules, the, the sh- banning of the shift, mm-hmm. even the smaller bases potentially. Like there are, you know, the the Bigger. the. the the pitch clock and pit, you know, step off limits, all that stuff. That they all work in concert to make defense more valuable and the ability to play good defense more valuable. And everyone on the Cubs right now is like, even though they haven't experienced the rule changes yet because that they don't come until this year, they understand it. So a guy like Nico, and we've talked about like him, you know, graciously moving to second base as a leadership quality, but it's also like, hey, like, Second base is going to be the defense at second base is going to be a lot more valuable mm-hmm. than it was the last few years because there's nobody shifting over. So even though he's not playing at shortstop, which is like the premium defensive position, he's still going to be playing a pretty premium defensive position on the right side. That's only going to be him. So I think him realizing that also played into the fact that like he was going to be okay moving to second base regardless because that's the kind of team player he is. But it also helps him like I know I could play great defense at second base anyway, but now it's going to be me. And that, that just kind of shows the confidence level in himself that, like, he hasn't played there in a few years. You know, specifically, he did shift over there during the season, but whatever. Um, but he still knows he could play very high-level defense there. And I, I like the confidence in that. That It's a position he knows he can move over and not really miss a beat. Essentially, two gold-glove shortstops up the middle. Yeah. That's especially yeah. with this pitching staff because they're going to put the ball on the ground yeah. and put balls in play uh, more often than not, I, you know, you could. When when you look at last year, and we talked about the errors and things they weren't doing well, and they were losing close games, and you say, well, geez, they're bad. They're bad at base running. They're bad defensively. They're bad offensively. The one thing they could hang their hat on is their pitching was decent, right? And some of the some of the times we would sit here on post game shows. And whether it was the chat or us or discords or Twitter, the question would become, do you blame David Ross for this? This, is a, this team is not fundamentally sound because one of the things they were bad at was defense, right? Yeah. They were booting the ball all over the place, making mental errors. And I think the reaction, if you look at it, should have been most of the time, they don't have good enough players. This this isn't, I don't think, as much mental lapses. Is This is what happens when guys aren't good Major League Baseball players. They're good baseball players because they made it to the Major League level. Mm-hmm. But they aren't, they aren't good enough all-around players to make some of those plays. Well, they've addressed that. So you may not have all of the offseason moves that you wanted this year, but they have brought in guys that have shown that they are very good at, certain things 
mm-hmm. at the very least. At, at the at the basement of the free agent signing, you're getting good defensive players. So I'll be really surprised and really disappointed if this team isn't one of the top five defensively in baseball. I think it bodes well for them in April, at least, because you know how offense goes in April yeah. at Wrigley. You, and there are so many games we watched where the defense really just, like, I, I'm sorry, but Jonathan VR, that one game where he's <laughs> where he had like two errors. I think Stroh started that game. After that game, everyone was yelling about how Stroh was a bust signing, and everyone just decided to forget about the fact that Jonathan VR had like two or three errors in that game, and everything just blew up after he get, had those errors. Yeah, and it, it, like, and that's just one. That's just one game. Yeah. The, Justin Steele, there was some bad defense in some of the starts he had earlier in the year. I think this defense. The, the shirt-up defense can surely at least keep the Cubs in games and allow their starters to stay in longer. Well, and that's right. you made the point about April at Wrigley. Like, offense is hard to come by at Wrigley in April. It's cold. There's days when it's windy and, and all that stuff. Blowing and, in. Yeah, blowing in. And, and so if you have, like, if you have the guys on the field that can limit whatever potential offense might come in those games, that's going to bode really well for you. Because if you have the good pitching, you have the good defense – yeah, in, in, in the summer months at Wrigley, like, you want to have the power because the wind's not blowing in. Yeah, you know, Wrigley's not a huge ballpark. You can, if you have the power lineup, you can hit a lot of home runs and put up a lot of numbers during the summer. In the, in the cold weather, it's different, and you want to have the pitching and the defense, which is, again, why 2016 worked so well because they had such an awesome mix of all mm-hmm. three of those things. And But right now, as far as the Cubs go, the power, we're still kind of looking at where that's going to come from. We have a, a few answers to that puzzle, but not everyone. But as far as defense and pitching go in April, early May, you know, late September, whatever, like you're, you're thinking like when the offense is hard to come by, this defense is going to make it even harder for other teams to score. Yeah, Andy uh, is pointing out, or Carlos is pointing out, Andy Green works with the infielders. Yeah, my point about blaming somebody for the bad defense last year is that I wouldn't blame any of the coaches mm-hmm. last year because I think the players just weren't good enough on the roster. Yeah, now that you've brought in guys that you have a combined nine gold gloves spread out around your field, now if they're bad defensively this year, now I can start to point the finger, look for areas to point the finger. Why is this guy not good defensively? Why are they not working well as a double play? Like, if Dansby and Nico aren't good defensively this year, now now you start to look and say, well, why? Why aren't they preaching this? Why aren't they practicing this? Why aren't they being held accountable? You're getting closer to a time when you're going to be able to really evaluate other parts of David Ross as a manager, whereas last year, I think all you could look at, in my my opinion, is how hard are they playing down the stretch, right? Like, whether it was the lineups that you wanted to judge or whether it was the defense you wanted to judge or the base running you have wanted to judge, you have to go back and also look at the players and sometimes say, well, the players that were on the field just aren't good enough players. And it may have nothing to do with the coaching or the defense. If you put me out there at second base, I'm going to make an error on every single play, no matter how much David Ross or Andy Green is coaching me or staying on top of me because I'm not talented. Mm-hmm. The only thing that or I ever talented gave, enough. The only thing I ever gave David Ross flack for was continuously playing Jason Hayward and Andrelton Simmons and Jonathan VR as the season went along. And I understand they were trying to trade two of those three guys, but to me it got to a point where it's like, why are we still doing this? That's the only thing I really have against J- J- David Ross from last season as far as like what his job is. So, 
Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I do want. <laughs> I, you know, I, I agree. <laughs> I would agree with you. I'm, I want to get to uh, a little bit of offense talk coming up after a break here. But first, uh, the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future comet offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial industrial public sector customers of all sizes across our territory customers can inquire about how to upgrade their outdated lighting to energy and money saving efficient led lights learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through mobile devices and track your facility's energy usage and more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor-outdoor lighting and networked lighting controls, making these projects even more cost-effective than ever before. Visit comed.com slash poweringbiznow to start saving money and energy. And to start a project, you can contact them right away at 1-855-433-2700. For more information, you can email them at businessee at comed.com or publicsectoree at comed.com. <laughs> And I, I'll just tell you this: the new studio lighting we have, guys. I'm gonna have to start bringing in the shady rays. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I it's so I, beautiful in here. They're in my backpack over there. I could go grab them. They're a little, just kind of, kind of just too far for me to want to mm-hmm. get up from my seat and go get them. But shady rays, awesome. This new lighting, best. You know, sometimes, sometimes you might need it. Yeah, you might need it. You're gonna need it if you're at the ballpark this this season. Um, you know, sitting in the in the bleachers, definitely gonna need shady rays. Go get your shady rays because they never understood why sunglasses were so expensive. So they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone in every lifestyle. The best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear, lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. You drop them in the lake or off a cliff, anything, they'll replace them. Even with that strong of a protection program, they still manage to make quality that I can tell you holding in my hand seems just as good as any expensive pair that I have ever worn. Shady Rays customers seem to agree with over 200,000 five-star reviews. Shady Rays also provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed and have donated over 20 million meals to date. They stand behind their product and told our team that if anyone has a problem, they throw profit out the window and do what it takes to get it right. You get free returns and exchanges. You either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay to ship them back. That's it. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. That's buy one, get one free. BOGO, you can get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades. Very nice, Shitty Rays. We love you. By the way, if you could make some readers, I'd appreciate that because I could use free replacements I because I break them and lose them all the time. I'm willing to bet they do. The pres- I don't. Prescription, Shitty Rays. These are, these are just the cheap ones you get at like Walgreens. And when I say cheap, I mean like <laughs> 30 bucks. But geez, I go through them. It's like once a month I'm buying $30 readers at Walgreens. Yeah, right? See, that's what I'm saying. Prescription sunglasses right there. Yeah, but I don't. these aren't. These aren't prescription glasses. These are just like a magnifier. Oh. They just have a lens that's like one time stronger than just like looking through glass. Shady Rays do that? I don't know. I need to look into it. Maybe we call our Shady Rays rep. Yeah. Find out. Find out because I could use some free replacements, let me tell you. (laughs) Um, So, you know, we talked a lot, and I see somebody asked earlier in the chat, are we going to talk bullpen? There'll be a lot more bullpen talk tomorrow. Uh, and maybe a little bit at the end of this show, but it's not necessarily the focus of this particular podcast. We've been talking defense off the top. Now the question becomes, how valuable can it be? 
And yeah, we have all this defense, but are they going to lack offense? Yeah. Right. Like, mm-hmm. so that was, that was the question to Jed Hoyer on the score. Uh, he was on the Parkins and Spiegel show and they asked him, you know, do you have enough offense? And, and Jed had a pretty honest answer. He said, listen, I think that's a valid question. Do we have enough power? I think it's a question when you talk about stars. I think sometimes you need stars to emerge. So he, he's admitting that on paper, you don't have Aaron Judge on this team. Mm-hmm. And on paper, you don't have a young player like Nico who's necessarily going to hit. You're looking at him saying, ah, oh, he could explode for 40 this year, you know? <laughs> that, that guy's just not necessarily on the roster. But could you see Morrell have more home runs? Could you see Mervis emerge as the home run star that they've been looking for? I think Seiya is the one that's most likely that could emerge into something. More like than Mervis, even? Yeah. I think he's the one who could emerge into something bigger than even most of uh, the stands expect. Um, he was that good in Japan, and now he's got one full year in the United States, a little bit more comfortable. You know, like, yeah. I think that plays a big part. And he really was great in the second half of last season. Now, I don't know if he's going to hit 40 bombs, but I – I think just being a, an overall better hitter and a, and a, like a, a real threat in the middle of the Cubs lineup, I think there's there's reason to believe in that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I that'd mean, be a big boost, right? Say, say is there, um, you know, Dansby, if he can bring that 25, I think he had 27 home runs, like 2021 and 25 this past season. If he can keep bringing that, like that's a lot of power that you're going to need. It's not 40 home runs, like Cody said with Saya. Um, I don't think anyone on this team has that ability right now. Maybe, maybe Wisdom does, and if he gets a full season of playing time, and if he's not, I mean, if he he cut down the strikeout rate a lot throughout the season. If he can continue to do that, make better contact with the ball, maybe he can get to like the thirty-five home run range. Um, but that's an if. You know, I don't think anyone for sure has thirty-five to forty home run power. Well, the, the Cubs, the Cubs are paying him that they think that he can be a star, though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean that. Yeah, that he's. I think he had a good year as far as, like, first year transitioning, like not having a regular spring, all that kind of stuff. Um, it could have been better, but it could have been worse, well, It could have been a lot worse and just in the context of everything. Right. So it was a good rookie year. You, you, you saw everything that you would expect out of a rookie, the highs, the lows, and who knows what would have happened if he didn't get hurt. But he really did kind of figure it out in that second half last year. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's reason to believe that he can be way better than what we saw last season. Do you think Sale hit more homers than Bellinger will this year? Hmm. It's interesting because obviously Bellinger, again, we talk about a high ceiling guy. He's the guy with the highest ceiling of anybody on the team probably. Yeah. He's, he's a former MVP. Yeah. The only we didn't do it that long ago with the hitting coach yeah. that's here, the hitting instructors that are here were with him the thing that holds me right. did he hit that year? 47? 47, yeah. Does that sound so, right? So, so potentially, but it, it takes. I don't see. I don't think Say has got 47 potential. No. That's why I say he's the highest ceiling. But I don't know if he's more likely to hit more home runs th- than Say. I think when you look at the two, Bellinger has a higher ceiling, but Say has the higher floor. I think Say is going to have a, a good, good year. I mean, he may be in the 20-ish range of home runs maybe a couple a couple less maybe a couple more but that's like that feels like his floor and Bellinger it's just we've seen the last couple years how far he's fallen from that MVP year that if he could get close to that MVP season that's 
insane and, and very good for the Cubs. But he could also have another season where his WRC plus is like in the 70s, 80s, or below that. And he's, you know, I, I think his he's a little more volatile of a player where, say, it probably has a, a pretty good floor, a little more limited of a ceiling than Bellinger has, but um, you, you at least know a little more what you're going to get from, from say, this year. He's more uh, – he'll be more consistent potentially than – what you're getting in Bellinger, right? You're right. The floor, the floor is higher. Um, I saw somebody saying, "Why is Joe saying we're let Luke talk?" Yeah, I don't know. He says I, we're talking over Luke. I probably I talk too much. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, I, I, I like the idea of Bellinger. I think Bellinger will do better at Wrigley Field. I think the change of scenery will be good for him. But if I had to pick one guy who would hit more home runs this year, boy, that's a tough call. Say it or Bellinger. The only thing that holds me back on saying Saya could hit more home runs than Bellinger is that Saya, yeah, he has power, but he also shown to hit for contact too. And we've seen the we've seen Bellinger hit forty seven for the Dodgers. So I mean, yeah, I don't know. I uh, well, yeah, I think the home run total increases for Saya this year, uh, and same same thing for Bellinger. So yeah. I don't know. Well, that's what I'm saying is that Bellinger has the higher ceiling. Just because he's done it before, yeah. but the floor is also lower than what say. So his, his number, he could hit thirty, he could hit ten. Like you know, you don't really know just because his, his, the last couple of years have shown that there's things he has to work on, of course, and and get just to get healthy is, is part of that. Mm-hmm. Say as a little, he feels a little more like you can kind of expect, you kind of expect a, a decent home run total, which may may or may not end up being higher than Cody Bellinger's just because that's that's more of a toss-up to me. Niren has an interesting point on the chat saying it'll be Saya because Belly will be flipped at the deadline. The, the interesting part about oh, flipping gosh. Bellinger is <laughs> that let's say Cody Bellinger plays like an MVP. Guys, the Cubs are going to be in the mix for the division. Yeah. If Cody Bellinger plays like early career Cody Bellinger, the Cubs are going to be in the mix for the division. They're not going to flip him. And if he's bad WRC plus Cody Bellinger, I don't think it's going to be that easy to flip him anyway. Like if you're having a mediocre season and you're in third place and you're a seller at the deadline, that likely means potentially Bellinger hasn't been one of those guys. And so I don't know how much you are flipping him to a team. You flip him for a piece kind of like what you got for Jock Peterson. Like that would – that would be probably if what he's you having get. that type of season. Yeah, if he's having a average season. But I see what I see what Niren's saying. Like Saya's not going to be flipped. Yeah, not, but if they flip Saya, they would get a ton in return. But they they're not going to. <laughs> uh, Michael Colada says four or five guys in the lineup are going to be flipped at the deadline, right, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> Colada does not give up. He, he will not. Give re- up, man. I've been getting a lot of complaints that we that we give Colada too much. Uh, that we give to Colada too much. Uh, no, he keeps us grounded. I, yeah, he keeps. Uh, us and grounded. that's what I tell them too. I'm like, he keeps us grounded. So, yeah, he's like you know. the he's like one of like. I, I, there's a lot of you know how like they call the, the Seahawks fans the the twelfth man. Yeah. Like Colada, like everyone in the chat's like the fourth man, but Colada's one of those like like <laughs> three point nine. Would appreciate if Colada sent more super chats, but you know. But he always points out we uh, the likes, which we would like more likes, by the way. He, he would, and if he you're. Does. You're just downloading this podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate that. 
Uh, make sure you check out the YouTube channel and subscribe there so you don't miss any of our future podcasts. You'll just have them right there, ready to go. Ingest them that way. Really, YouTube is the best way to do it because you get to see the chat. You get to interact live. Yes. Uh, it's, the, it's the way to have the most fun, experience it the most fun. It's more fun for us, mm-hmm. right? But either way, likes, positive reviews, five-star reviews, subscribe. Mm-hmm. Three ways you can help out the CHGO Cubs. And too. Super Chats. That way they send us to London. And the Super Chats. Yeah. And fun, the Super fun Chats. Fund our way to London. Please. Uh, <laughs> so, Cody, you know, Cody went to Cubs convention, and he was out and about for both. You weren't there Sunday, were you? No. Yeah, you were there Friday, Saturday. Friday, Saturday. He was out with the people, and Cody had this little mini microphone. <laughs> it sort of looked like he was holding a nipple. For lack of a better term, uh, yeah, it's my itty bitty microphone. It's a tiny little, it's, it's, it's a tiny yeah. little microphone. It looks like a gumdrop. Mm-hmm. It looks like you're holding a gumdrop. And he went out and you asked the hard hitting questions that we were looking for. I said, "This would be a good idea. I'd like to know what some of these people think." And so Cody, hard hitting questions. Cody <laughs> went around Cubs convention. This is what this was your TikTok. Uh, this is on CHGO Sports it's a TikTok. Tick or a yeah. And and uh, which on one's our first, TikTok or the Tick? The tick. Okay, TikTok. <laughs> All right, let's take a look. Classic listen. stuck. Over, under, 78 wins for the Cubs next season. Over. Over. I think it's over. Who leads the Cubs in strikeouts next year? Well, I hate to say it, but I think it might be half. You know, I, I mean. Oh, I'm talking about for pitchers. Oh, pitchers? <laughs> oh, wow. Well, uh, sorry. But, sorry, Ian. But for pitchers, I'm going to say it probably be uh, Stroman. Aiden Wisniewski. But since I don't think he'll start the season in the opening rotation, I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a flyer on Tyone. I think I think especially off of Hendricks last um, last year with his injury, I know he's more of a ground ball guy. But I think this year, I think he's definitely primed to surprise some people, and he's definitely gonna come out and be punching guys out with his changeup. If you could go on a road trip with any past or current Cub, who would it be? Dance responsibly. I think Ian Hamp's pretty cool. Anthony Rizzo. Who should be the next former Cub to be in the Cubs Hall of Fame? Bob Dernier. That's different. That's different. (laughs) I didn't see him play, but that's interesting. (laughs) Now you're killing me. I didn't see him play. Kerry Wood. Sammy Sosa, right? Absolutely. (laughs) We've asked this question to so many people, and they haven't even said it. Are you serious? No Sammy's? Whole generation of fans, all because of that man. Slam and Sammy, put him in. Mark Grace. Well, he, well he, he is going in already. They announced it today or yesterday. Oh, didn't you didn't know that? How long is the longest cup snake in the bleachers this year? Oh, I'm going to go with 564 feet. 400 feet. Ooh. Oh, I'm sure it's going to be super long out there. They like to party. Who doesn't like to drink? It's going to be a great time. But we're looking for a number, though. I doubt if it's going to be, you know, a good 120 feet. Man, I think we should try to go from the left field foul pole all the way to the right field foul pole. I think that's got to be the goal. But usually it's left field sucks, right field sucks. I said we come together for this, the uh, Cubs name. <laughs> okay. I, I, there's some favorite parts in that, for sure. The, the first is the gentleman that says Ian Happ's going to strike out the most. And I'm like, well, I, I would pick wisdom out of that group, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but that he thought you were talking about hitters. Yeah. Like, well, he just went negative hitters. in his mind right <laughs> out I just automatically thought that that guy was Colada. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it uh, could have been It was cool. It was a lot of fun just, like, walking around, asking people questions. 
and then running into Joey Molinaro, me and Casey, our social media director, literally ran after him when we saw him. Um, <laughs> and I, D, I was DMing him on uh, the CHGO Cubs Twitter account uh, this morning and told him next time he's in Chicago, he's more than welcome to come in to our West Loop studio. So he said, no doubt. Uh, so I that that that's good. The prospects good. are good. Yeah, <laughs> the prospects are good for, yeah. for that. Time. So ho- I'm hoping that happens. He's he was he was very nice to just stop. He was with his wife and kid and everything. Like, so it was cool that he was a part of that. And uh, yeah, and we uh, you know during the process of doing that, some people didn't know who we were. Most of the people didn't know who we were, and we told them who we were, and they were like, "Oh, how do I find this?" And then we just take them right to YouTube, hit the subscribe button on their phone for them, and. There we go. Hopefully they're watching right now. And, and you were just like, 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 like. We went through like, every like, show like, and just like, hit like, likes. Like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Real quick, just because one, we one, like one, likes. <laughs> exactly. Right. I, I also love the little kid that you asked a little kid, who would you like to road trip with? I want to be like, Mark Grace for the beers. <laughs> like, what, what is he going to do? Like a five-year-old kid, Dansby Swanson. <laughs> of all the people you ask, this little kid's Dansby Swanson. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and then my, Do they actually measure the cup snake? The COVID cup? Do we we have measurements on the? I long, feel like it's kind of like when the, they, what was the answer? I don't. There was no answer. It was just oh, trying okay. to get someone okay. to say something crazy. And gotcha. Yeah. And ever like Joey said, from left field to right field foul. So everyone's coming together. I like that. that idea. Everyone should come together in the bleachers to make that happen. But I think it's kind of like when they measure home runs and they're like, oh, projected distance. Yeah. Like, no one actually. They don't have a tape measure out. Like as as much as Pat Hughes says it, no one actually brings a tape measure out to do that. So that's probably how they do. They just have you know a little. The, the full camera, they're like, yeah. okay, it goes from here to here. That's this many feet. There you go. Yeah, Ronnie, did you notice that COVID cup has <laughs> long curves, very windy, a little blue, a little red? And you see that one guy? He looks super hammered. Shimmering beer coming out of each cup along that with beer some snake saliva. is going from left field foul pole to right field foul pole. Get out the tape measure. <laughs> Get out the tape measure, yeah. So, anyways, that was, that was, that was fun. Um yeah, it was cool to just, you know, some of the people that stopped me and, like, said, you know, listen to the show and all that kind of stuff. It was cool. That was probably my favorite part. I think I said that on Monday. But, yeah, uh, that was probably my favorite part of the convention was who just you, talking to people. Sorry, who would you road trip with? Who would I road trip yeah, with? Who, mm, you know how I am about vibes. Yeah. A lot of guys have vibes on this Right, roster. so that's, that's and tough. And in the past. Who are you going to vibe with? Current roster. I'd love to road trip with Morel. Just vibes. Vibes. Uh, past would say World Series roster. If I were to road trip with someone, mm-hmm. Dexter Fowler. Oh, I bet Dex would be fun. Yeah. That's a good one. And we both have the best shoes. What about Strope? Oh, Strope. Mm. You see the video? Crazy. Hector Gomar. I put. I threw it in Slack. Oh, he's got a song. I couldn't video. play it. It said I had some setting. It wouldn't play it. What? I couldn't get it to play. Child it. I must, yeah, I must have Twitter, some man. setting on it. <laughs> My that goodness. He yeah. must have said a swear word in it or something. I don't know. <laughs> but it, it wouldn't play. But he's no shirt, just like singing song. Out. Was he? He was yeah, singing, he singing right? something that I can't understand because I don't know Spanish. But yeah. <laughs> Pitch and in catch the Slack pop. channel. It's in the Slack channel. Pitch and yeah. catch said John Lackey. <laughs> oh, John Lackey. I don't know. Yeah. What about Lester? Yeah, they just like, had the big John Lester retirement party that everybody was talking about, and yeah. Ross said, "Yeah, we had a few beers." I was gonna say, I you, bet that was some kind of party. Yeah. You and uh, a lot of Budweiser. You're a dad. You and Soriano can go on the road in hot dad summer shirts. That's right. There you go. Go down to the beach. So, uh, let me tell you, Soriano be. If you're talking about 
past guys. Soriano would probably yeah. be a lot of fun to hang out with, too. Oh, yeah. A lot of good stories, probably. Who else was sort of just... Oh, Tony Campana, just because I, I, a great friend of the guy. I call, I, I consider him a friend. Yeah. <laughs> a great, we said great friend at first. <laughs> no, nobody's saying Joe Madden. I think Joe Madden would be oh, fun yeah, to go around and have a bunch of beers. He wouldn't oh, shut up. You, you wouldn't even need to talk. Yeah, if you went on a cross country road trip <laughs> with Joe Madden, his stories would take up literally in the, Winnebago. the entire trip. Go yeah. in the Winnebago. Yeah. Ryan Dempster. Demp would be fun to tour around with. Yeah. He'd have a lot of jokes. Do you, who do you think's leading the team in strikeouts? You asked for pitchers. Yes, for pitchers. <laughs> Please don't. Let's not go the. Uh, let's not take this yeah. in negative direction. Uh, I Harry so Harry Dubs Bina- says that's Binowski, a good one too. Banowski said that if Wesneski would be in the rotation opening day, mm-hmm. then maybe him. But then said Tyone, and I kind of agree with him on that. Mm-hmm. I think Tyone has. I think he can be way better than what a lot of people are expecting. I think the Cubs pitching infrastructure, pitch lab, whatever you're going to call it, can really unlock the potential of a number two overall pick that he was. You know what I mean? I'd pick Steele. Yeah, I was I was leaning a little more towards Steele. Yeah, because I think he might po- pitch the most innings, mm-hmm. and he's got the strikeout potential. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, you could you could really that's a good. I don't know if that's on DraftKings, but that'd be a good that'd be a good one to try and put out yeah. there for a bet, like which Cubs pitcher will lead the team in strikeouts. I think those two have the potential to be like top two for sure. Yeah. You know, Stroman's like Stro, the contact. Yeah, Stro like Stro had some appearances last good. year where he had like seven, eight strikeouts in a game, but he also had ones where he'd you know have two or three. So on a consistent basis over a course of thirty starts, I'd say Tyone and Steele definitely have the highest potential, potential to be able to do that. that. Yeah. yeah. If Wisniewski makes the opening day roster and doesn't and is, is in the rotation the entire year, but even if he's even if he's in the bullpen and he's one of these three inning guys yeah. for his first full season, that's a lot of opportunities to strike out guys if he's doing that three times a week. Yeah, true. So that's we'll not is, isn't it? Says, it I, th- I think the good thing is the fact that you are like that. There's the argument for multiple guys tells you. It should at least tell you that there's there's good pitchers on this team, right? Yeah. Like, it's not the other way. We know there's not. It's not just because everyone's bad. Like we know that it's because there's a few good pitchers out here that have potential to be that number one, uh, you know, guy you throw out there racks up the strikeouts. Like there's there's a few guys on this team that could potentially do that, and that's from where, from where the Cubs are at right now. That's really good for them. I think. How about Manrod, by the way, yesterday, Ooh. and I don't know a whole Pulling lot about out. the guy from the Blue Jays. Yeah. I just know the guy from the Blue Jays throws yeah, hard. Was it Julian Merriweather? That's what yeah, I was saying. Yeah. Could he be in the mix if he actually was on the opening day roster? A lot of the, we'll a lot of the, it wasn't the, great. A lot of the, the nerds Jays. on Twitter were super excited yeah, about 94th it. Ninety so. fourth percentile fastball velocity. So yeah, he brings some heat. Steele has uh, one hundred twenty six strikeouts last season. I think with the Lester approach, he's over one fifty from our guy. Uh, Mike Dubs, very Mike good. Dubs, Cody, big, do you big ha- steel fan. Do you have a uh, DraftKings pick of the week for us? Pick do you have something week. from the NFL? Do you have something from oh, the yeah. NBA? Or are you going college hoops with us? All right. I'll give you two because I'll give you one for tonight and I'll week. give you one for Sunday or Saturday, whatever day the Giants play. We'll go with the NFL first. Giants plus seven and a half. I hammered it on Monday when I saw that they are a touchdown dog to the Eagles who are coming off the bye. I couldn't help it. Like it was so attractive, it was like, like I it was like seeing seeing a girl or something that I had never seen before that was super hot. And I saw Giants plus seven and a half and I hammered it. All right, that's that's my pick of the week, pick of the night. 
Uh, sorry, Ryan. I'm taking Arkansas money line. Uh, Mizzou pick of the week is Mizzou money line for me. <laughs> I also like Providence and Marquette to go over 152. So if you like points, there you go. Yeah, very much so. Uh, <laughs> game time, the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert. It's all possible with the game time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on seats you never thought you could buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Bulls tickets created by the fans for the fans, guaranteeing the lowest price. And if you love CHGO, you're going to love game time. The best way to support us is buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Uh, we're excited about tomorrow's podcast. Uh, we are going to talk about uh, a new list of top prospects that came out uh, just today. and For maybe, Baseball America, right? Yeah, Baseball America, the positive spin that that may have on. And also, where guys are ranked individually is sort of interesting, I think, mm -hmm. for those three guys. Um, and we're also going to play the first of one of our longer sit-down interviews that Ryan and I did with a, a few players. This first one will be with Adbert Alzali and... and First of all, I'll tell you this. Every guy we sat down with, great. They were, they were all really, really good, really engaged, all had a good time. I told Alzali, though, he's just got a vibe, you know? Mm -hmm. He's got a little bit of that. He's got a little bit of that stroke vibe. You know, he's just – A little swagger. He's got a little swagger. He's a little funny. He came in with bright orange, high, like neon orange high mm -hmm. tops and, and, like, bleached out jeans. <laughs> and he just came in. He wanted – you know – he. He was happy to talk, and he also talked about some more serious stuff. And, again, as I teased yesterday, he talked about roles on the Cubs pitching staff and also within the bullpen, which I thought were yeah. interesting takes. I know a, a few people on there have asked about Alzali bullpen roles. and, and asked. If, I know Gary. Gary, I'm pretty sure, earlier in the show Gary had asked sure. if we we're going to talk about you know, Alzali and, and bullpen roles. Yeah. But we will just – Tune back in tomorrow because there's a lot of good stuff in that interview with Alzali that kind of clarifies that. Yeah, 120. Be here. Live. Square. 23 hours live. from now. Yeah. 120. Live. Anybody said subscribe. Uh, Garrett wants to know anybody catch the whale yet? I don't know. That's a movie. See how out of it I am. Somebody said, "Yeah, good no, movie." Ten unit parlay. Is that, Is the that whale? like Moby Dick? How do you <laughs> have time to watch the whale when you're just watching CHGO podcasts on on replay yeah, over exactly. and over, and you just go back and watch again, like it again, like it again, like it again. Subscribe, turn on alerts so you don't Make miss Make new show. accounts so you can keep liking them. That's a, good, that's a good point right there too, Sarah. Thank you very much, Sarah. We appreciate that. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and thank you to everybody in the chat. We had a good time today. Another good chat, especially for just a, a, when, a random Wednesday, right? Yeah. Uh, Cloudy uh, Wednesday in Chicago. And shout out to Blue Dabs, who continues to come up with the best names for me. This time, Dell Bad Picks. Del Bad Picks. <laughs> so, he wants you to pick Dallas. Del Prompto was my favorite. Wasn't that what it was at the beginning of the show? Because we were on time. Del, Del Punctual. Del, Punk, Del Prompto <laughs> would have been the one. That's, that that's what it should Del Prompto. From now on, that's what we want out of you. Del Punctual. Thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. We'll see it at 120. Alzali interview and more. Until then, thanks for watching and fly the W.